Hello, Rainomites listeners, and welcome to this very special, very timely edition of Rainomites. This is a special episode relating to our city council. There is a vacancy on the city council in Ward 5. Councilperson Neoma Jardin has resigned and left that seat open. That position is being filled by an appointment process. The current city council is going to select a replacement, and they've narrowed it down to three finalists. This is one of those three episodes with one of the finalists. The goal of this set of bonus episodes is to let people participate in the process. There are meet and greet events this coming week. That's the week of August 29th at City Hall. If you want to meet with the candidates, there's also Zoom opportunity. But if you just want to hear what these candidates are about, learn a little bit about them, I have a special episode with each of them for you to learn a little bit more and then express your preferences to the city council. Let the current city council members know who you like, who you don't, who you would like to see representing Ward 5. They want public participation in this process, and I hope that these interviews help make that public participation happen. A quick note before the interview, Renoites is a self-funded and listener-funded project and cannot exist without donations and contributions from people just like you. So if you find value in this type of interview, in this project, I would really appreciate you listening to more episodes and also spreading the word, letting people know about it. And if you have a few bucks to throw my way to help make this show sustainable, you can do that at patreon.com slash Even just a couple of bucks a month makes a huge difference. Every dollar you donate goes to helping spread the word about this show helping get information to our community, and I'm grateful for every single person who has helped make this show financially sustainable, make this show viable, let this show exist. I cannot do it without you. Again, that's patreon.com slash Thank you so much for tuning into this, as well as the other two episodes, and making your preferences known to the City Council. Elliot Mallon, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So you are one of the finalists for the open seat on the Reno City Council. And the point of these interviews is just kind of to introduce you to the people and learn a little bit about you in advance of that final selection, which is coming up very soon. So to start, this is for Ward 5. Can you just tell me, like, what is Ward 5 and what are some of the unique concerns of that ward? Definitely. And I think Ward 5 is um, one of the more unique wards in the city. So it's downtown, the university, and then it stretches all the way to Verdi and the California border. So that makes it incredibly diverse. You've got Somerset, Verdi, uh, the college students, the downtown residents, and then middle class, upper middle class, and some other areas within the in-between. So it's that McCarran Loop to Mayan. Um, and I think that that makes it as I mentioned, diverse, but it also makes its challenges very unique. There's things that I've heard in the last few weeks, such as uh, road concerns, construction concerns. There's things that I've seen uh, related to that. There's a lot of construction in the Northwest, uh, a lot of uh, updates to our, our sewer system. And these are all things that are of paramount importance to the city and the city council. And I think a lot of people don't realize that the city council is not dealing with uh, grandiose ideas uh, often, but it's more of that infrastructure, that everyday life infrastructure that impacts you each and every day from your electrical, your water, your sewer, your trash, and all these contracts that come together within interlocal agreements. And so right now within uh, Ward 5, I think you're seeing a lot of development concerns. Mm -hmm. You're seeing a lot of expansion. You're seeing a lot of infrastructure concerns. And how do we uh, grow 
while doing it in a healthy and safe fashion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of what my questions are, is like, how are we dealing with the, the growth and the development? Mm-hmm. Um, when the vacancy was announced, what did you consider? What things did you think about when deciding whether to apply for it? Uh, I love city government. And the reason for that is it touches your life every day, right? From, like we mentioned, electrical, water, uh, obviously that's MV Energy and Truckee Meadows Water Authority, but a lot of that's done through city infrastructure and working together, the sewer system. For example, over by uh, 7th Street and Keystone, mm-hmm. they've been updating the sewer system for the last year and a half, two years. And that's created a lot of concerns for the citizens over there. Uh, it's created a uh, infestation of rats um, coming out of the sewer system. Mm. So I've heard a lot from some of my neighbors about that and how do we resolve those issues? So there's that as a concern. There's other things going on within the ward from school zones, right? Uh, people blowing through school zones, speeding through school zones. On that loop from on 7th between Keystone and McCarran, you're seeing people speeding and there's, I want to say, two or three school zones right there. And every other week, I see a fence that's been crashed into from the speed. And these are concerns for people. And so uh, these are things that I was thinking about moving forward and how do we address them. And I, I thought that my experience uh, was unique within policy and public policy, having worked with the city council on uh, amending Reno Municipal Code for zoning issues, special use permits, and just looking at these in a, a fashion that tries to make the life of every Renoite better. Excellent. Um, you're going to have constituents on both sides of various issues. We have a lot of um, vociferous people in Reno who like to uh, communicate directly with the city council about the things they agree with and the things they strongly disagree with. So what do you expect your approach to be with those constituents who like really forcefully disagree with you on important issues? Um, I've already made this promise to a lot of people, and this is on both sides of a lot of issues. I've met with a lot of people and uh, received a lot of support from them because of this stance. And this is a genuine stance. I I take when I look at public policy, politics, government, is I can't promise you that I'm always going to agree with you. But what I can promise you is an open door to try to convince me of that position. I don't believe that the uh, the starting point for a public official should ever be no unless it's a real detriment, right? I'm not going to entertain uh, a motion that takes away somebody's rights. Mm-hmm. But when it's something with city government, when we're talking about building and construction and roads, uh, there will be opinions on all sides of that. And I will give everybody that time of day to try to convince me of that position. And I will listen to the residents and the constituents and my neighbors of Ward 5 to make sure we do what's best. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is an appointment process, Mm -hmm. but I fully expect that whoever selected is going to run for the same seat in 2024. Uh, so can you tell me a little bit about what your experience has been with elections or campaigns or electoral politics in general and what you expect this particular election to look like in 2024 if you're selected? What do you what do you think that'll be like in 2024? Definitely. I have quite an extensive uh, experience within campaigns. Um, that's just part of my background working in government and politics for so long. Uh But I think that this seat will be unique. You're right. It's an appointment. And so it's going to be somebody that's going to gain incumbency. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they're going to have to introduce themselves to the constituents and their neighbors. They're going to have to tell their neighbors why they should be retained. And that's a very difficult task for anybody. Granted, again, incumbency does give somebody an advantage. That doesn't always play out the way people think it does. And so having to introduce yourself to your neighbors and show them the work that you've done is going to be very important, especially the work that you've done to try to make their life better uh, and have a better impact on their day-to-day uh, dealings. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how do you feel about this being an appointment versus election process uh, for this go round? Um, per- personally, I would prefer to talk to the residents and my neighbors and the constituents of Ward 5. I think that's who this seat was going to serve. I understand why it's not an election. It would have cost $150,000 plus to run a new special election just for this seat. Uh, That would have taken eight months to fill. On top of that, that puts you into the range of immediately campaigning again. And that is a hassle. Uh, And I think that's a detriment to the ward and the city. I wish and I know that uh, Mayor Sheevy and uh, Council Member Dewar, they both mentioned how they would would have preferred that this would be on the November ballot. I agree with them. Unfortunately, we saw from Washoe County that that's just not the case. It, it can't happen. And so I, I, I respect the position of the city making this an appointment. Uh, and I just hope that the city, uh, the, the current council, takes into consideration what the, uh, the residents of Ward 5 want. Uh, when they come forward, when they listen to the uh, two town halls and Q&A sessions this next week and give their input. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about a couple of kind of like current Reno issues. Uh, the Neon Line District is uh, kind of shared between, I think, Ward 1 and Ward 5, um, but obviously it affects Ward 5 a lot. And it's been a source of conversation and conflict about how Reno's changing. Um, can you just explain to people who are listening your understanding of, kind of what role the city plays in projects like this and what are your kind of concerns and hopes for that area and that project in the coming months and years? Right. Yeah. Neon Line is very interesting. The city has played, I think, a more unique role than uh, normal in this process. And the, per- the, the real purpose here is to try to uh, build up the community and build up that area uh, that was dilapidated. There was a lot of uh, motels, weeklies that were, uh, for lack of better terms, just not not conducive to a living environment a lot of people should have been in. Um, Fortunately, that did cause other problems, and we can't ignore that. It created some... uh, It it put people into a position of being unhomed, Mm. Um, and that's a concern, and we have to figure a way to resolve that for this population that we've now affected. But on the uh, converse side of it, the idea here is that the city is trying to uh, build this up and make it a safer, uh, prettier area. Um, Obviously, this is more of a public-private partnership and so you're seeing a heavy investment um and i i i love seeing a lot of these new neon signs coming back into town the art installations and i think that we have to find a way to bridge that gap but how do we how do we continue to make reno work for everybody and not just some Mm -hmm. and i think this is a unique a very unique project where we're seeing a lot of growing pains with that because you're right. There's a lot of people that have concerns. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I'm not sure where the lawsuit is currently, but there was a lawsuit filed. Uh, and I think that was done by scenic Nevada on the neon sign, the neon district sign mm-hmm. that was supposed to go up and, uh, how these entities are gaining pro- uh, property, um, through this process. And that's something that we all have to look at carefully. I can't say that I know every detail, because it's just so convoluted, but I'm, I'm excited to roll up my sleeves and uh, learn and be part of that process and try to make it work for everybody. Got it. Uh, so responsibility for the CARES campus has shifted to the county, but it was initially kind of a partnership between several different, uh, through the city and the county, and I think City of Sparks as well. Um, how do you think the city is doing at addressing the needs of both unhoused and housed people? Like what, what approach do you think the city should be taking to addressing homelessness? That's a very, very good question. I don't think that there's one right answer, to be honest, or necessarily one wrong answer. I don't know if there is ever going to be one answer to this problem. Um, 
we have a, I think the first place we have to start is mental health. Uh, and it's not a conversation we like to have or often have. When we're talking about the unhoused and the population that is unhoused in Reno, we're seeing a lot of mental health problems. And oftentimes we're seeing that in relation to addiction as well. Mm-hmm. And how do we solve that? So yes, uh, Washoe County took over CARES, but there's so much more going on with that. And how do we, how do we bring in all of the partners to try to address this uh, and it's a serious concern. Uh, last night, I went and attended the uh, Overdose um, uh, Awareness Day event over at Rancho San Rafael, which is in Ward 5. And it, listening to the stories that these families and these survivors told um, and relating that back to the issues that we face here in Reno, uh, it, it's, it's, heart, it's heartbreaking. Um, so I think we need to come together as a region to try to address this as a more holistic uh, issue, especially when it comes to mental health and getting those resources, especially for the unhomed, um, especially when it comes to addiction. But it's not just addiction. We have veterans out there with PTSD that can't uh, get a job, that don't receive the resources that they need and they deserve that have served the country, right? And so there's so many facets to this that we have to find a way to, to just work together. I think um, just teamwork, it makes the dream work. Right. And we, we have that saying, but it's true. There's so many local governments and entities here that we have to be able to work together. Washoe County, City of Sparks um, and even the state. We have to come together to address these issues because it's not just here either. Mm-hmm. Clark County seeing it. And obviously that's, you know, eight hours away, but it's not unique to our region. And so if we can find a way to partner up with everybody um, and try to get those resources in, I think that's how we move forward. Excellent. Uh, your ward has like a really densifying component and also an outward growing component. Uh, uh, you mentioned that it's, you know, it's a very diverse uh, ward uh, and we need more housing in Reno. Like that is, I think, indisputable that we need a lot more housing. So what type of housing would you like to see in Reno? So Reno is growing no matter what. That is not changing. Mm-hmm. People are coming here. So how do you think Reno should be growing? I that's also a very good question. And I've, I've said this to uh, some within our developer community. I've said this to members of the current council, and I'll say this to anybody. Um, I'm pro-healthy growth, pro-healthy development, right? There's uh, current lawsuits out in Verdi over some development and rezoning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been watching that, following it a little closely, and just trying to see where it's headed because this, the city rezoned. Um, but on the, the converse side of that, there was also uh, deed restrictions on that property, and those two things clash. And typically in that kind of a situation, the uh, more stringent of the two will hold. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes because uh, that could limit the density in that area. And uh, the area also doesn't want to be dense, mm-hmm. right? But where I live in the ward is much more dense. It is single family housing, but it is much more dense. And even then you have the downtown area, you have a ton of of high density building, especially around the university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to see, uh, that kind of development continue. I want to see, uh, and I guess the best way to put it is mixed development, right? Might have a lot of concerns. One is when we're developing, are we, are we looking at fire protection? Are we looking at police protection? What is the response time for uh, a fire, uh, re- fire response mm-hmm. to, to a development? And I think those are the number one concerns we have to have when we're talking about it. Um, in the downtown area, we have a lot of vacant buildings. Mm-hmm. How do we repurpose those into housing? Right? We're doing that the old Harris, mm-hmm. uh, but there's a Sundowner. 
And there's a ton of other buildings that we could be repurposing and rebuilding and reconstructing into higher density housing to try to alleviate our crisis. Because that's the other big thing is we have a housing crisis Mm -hmm. here. Uh, We have an immense shortage. Nevada is a very unique state by how much federal uh, land is owned by the government. And we don't have, we don't have control. And that takes to get that land takes a very long process. It goes through Congress. Our, typically our members of the Senate would sponsor that bill, but that's not necessarily the full answer, right? We have land that we can develop. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we build up and how do we build out in certain ways that are healthy and safe? And I think that's the most important part of this, healthy and safe. Uh, we can't be uh, building for the sake of building without thinking about the consequences. And the other converse side of that is, is those that have acquired land that want to build on it, that want to develop it, that's their land, mm-hmm. right? They have they have private property rights. That's how that works in this country. And so making sure that we can work together, and it, it goes back to where I, I started with, I'm, I'm not here to say no, I'm here to start at maybe and get to yes, really. Mm-hmm. But getting to yes means getting to yes, hopefully for everybody. And I think that's the place we start with when it comes to development. Yeah. And you mentioned UNR too. That's the next question I had is, um, can you talk a little bit about the, growth and development around the university. I know there's talk about kind of moving some of the university stuff closer to downtown and trying mm-hmm. to kind of integrate those two things. So can you just talk a little bit about um, the priorities for the university area and how it integrates with the rest of the city? I love that question. Um, a long, long time ago, I was um, in the student government at the university and we came up with this idea called Nevada Town. In Nevada Town, it was this idea for a bridge between the university and downtown that would help clean up the area but provide jobs and housing for students. And that project went away with, it was again, it was a grandiose idea for student government, Mm -hmm. but the city's doing it anyways, right? But to do that, there's also other problems. Downtown is a food desert. There is no grocery store downtown. Mm -hmm. The closest one is gonna be the Rayleigh's off of uh, Keystone and 7th. And that's that's not conducive to a, uh, university neighborhood, mm-hmm. especially when we're building all of these higher density apartments. These students have to cook. There's no dining hall in the apartments, mm-hmm. right? And so how do we bridge that gap through bringing those resources, those kind of businesses that can one, stimulate our economy and two, provide the necessary um, application for a more diversified university area in a way that takes all of that development and that, uh, that bridge that I guess is the best way to call it um, together. Some of these students don't have vehicles, so they have to rely on other people to get, uh, clothes, food, uh, equipment, Mm -hmm. school supplies. And so I, I think that one of our priorities has to be bringing all that together. And even then, uh, while a lot of the downtown residents do have transportation, they also, again, it's a food desert. We, we need to find a way to, a solution to that. Mm -hmm. And that brings everybody together in this community. Got it. Yeah. So getting things done in city council means a lot of working together and finding common ground. Um, our council has had some, let's say, interpersonal conflict, I think, uh, in recent times. So as a potential new member to the city council, uh, what do you think you bring to the council in terms of collaboration and working together and, uh, you know, getting things done in a way that is, you know, cooperative and friendly and, uh, you know, that the people can feel good about? Yeah, I, I appreciate that question as well. I, uh, through my experience in the legislature and city hall, um, 
passing policy, the only way to do that is by working together with everybody, even those that you disagree with sometimes. And so bringing everybody to the table, I think, is very important. Uh, from members of the council to the public that have input, that want to be heard, that have real concerns. How do we work with everybody, especially when we're on the council together, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that you have to be collaborative. You have to have an open door. You have to have open communication because otherwise you're, you're going in different directions. And I think that's problematic. And so my commitment is to work with everybody, uh, even those that aren't participating in this process. Right. I want to do what's best for Reno. I want to make Reno the best place to be, the best place to raise a family and the, and the best place for tourists to come. It's Burning Man right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, that's another really cool aspect of our city and our, our region. And so how do we work together to make sure we enhance that experience for tourists? And the only way is through collaborating and having an open door and having open communication and dialogue. And there's give and take with that. There's going to be things that I'm passionate about that I have to put on the back burner so we can get the right thing done. And that's just the only way that government can work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have meet and greets coming up. So part of this process is that uh, folks in town can come and meet you and ask questions and, and learn about the finalists. I don't have time to ask all of the questions and I don't have time to give you the opportunity to answer all the questions. So can you tell me what are, let's say, three questions that you would want constituents to ask you? So you don't need to give your answers right now, but in these upcoming meet and greets, um, what did I miss that you'd like for your constituents to ask you when they meet you? I think the number one and most important question is, how can we trust you? How can we trust that you're going to do what's right for us? And how will you represent us? That's the first and for, uh, most important question. There, there's just no doubt about that. This is a representative democracy, right? And that's what the city council is. Typically, we elect this position. And so I think it's important that the public, that they ask that question mm. and we answer truthfully. There's three of us and we all, we all need to answer that question. Um, I think that is clearly the most important question. Um, the second question is, I, I think you touch on that is how do you collaborate with others? How are you going to work with not just the council, but the other regional partners to get things done that work for us? And then how are you going to work with us to make sure that our needs are being met and that you're hearing it? That's number two. Number three is how do we expand uh, our, our public safety measures um, with school zones? In, in Ward 5, we have a ton of, especially elementary schools. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've noticed personally is people speed through those or they just ignore them. And I think that that's a very big concern for the residents of Ward 5. Uh, and it's not just in my area, but it's throughout the entire area. I, I see this um, all the time. And so I want to, I hope that they ask about our positions on public safety, because especially now where that's such a hot topic uh, nationally with the uh, prevalent move around the nation, we saw a few years ago, there was a riot here in downtown Reno. Um, And we have to know where everybody stands on these issues. How do we work together again to solve public safety issues while also making sure it's representative of our city? And so I'm hoping that these are some of the three questions that I get asked. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the meet and greet portion of this process. And hopefully folks who are listening or uh, will come and ask those questions and get a little bit more detail on the answers. Thank you so much for, for doing this. 
a uh, short version of the podcast. Normally we do hour long episodes, but I don't think I can do full hours with all of the finalists. But I appreciate you taking the time to sit down uh, and talk a little bit about this stuff because, again, it's a very fast process. And I want people to be able to be included even if they can't come to the meet and greets or even if they don't you know, see the city council streaming. I want to give them another way to kind of meet the finalists. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I really appreciate you doing this. And I agree. I hope that because it is a fast process and that it's not elected, that the public and everybody's listening and watching and participating and, and giving their input. And it's just so important. So thank you for doing this.